everybody. Welcome to episode 128 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. We're recording this on Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day, correct. Because we've got some stuff going on on the weekend. Yeah. So um, it's going to be fun. What? This weekend. You're just mean to me. <laughs> it's just. It's going to be a blasty blast. All there is to that. You would have seen it on Instagram, on your Instagram. I'm sure there's going to be pictures. I see a divorce lawyer in your future, sir. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we have, uh, we're following up on something that we had started watching, um, a two-parter, and we've seen some other stuffs. And Correct. so we're just going to, you know, do our, do our usual. We have some guests some weeks. We talk about things that we watch and others, how they inspire us, uh-huh. how we feel about them, so right. on and so forth. So, um, I don't know. Is there any like news that's been going on? I feel like there was something and I cannot remember what it is now. No. That's really helpful. There's always something, somebody being canceled for saying something or some nonsense going on, you know. What was it? This is really annoying me now. It's going to pop up at the worst possible time. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about that on the show. The Ricky Schroeder thing? No. Ricky Schroeder, give me a break. The Gina Carano thing? No. No. (laughs) Just, I'm not even going to give that. Celebs being canceled left and right. Well, I mean, them, I kind of, for sure. that kind of nonsense is like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know so much about canceling people, but like at least um, being held accountable when you have really dangerous, when you have a dangerous mindset, I don't feel like mm-hmm. that's like, I, I think, I feel like when people um, offer a really um, well-intended question to a topic, having an open line of communication, you can get canceled for simply asking a question, yes. genuinely asking a question. Yes. But to like be on parlor and <laughs> parlor. um like to bail out a murderer, I don't I don't see that as being canceled. I think mm-hmm. that you're you're kind of reaping what you sow there and that's sure. on you. Um yeah, so I don't remember what it was. I don't know. I'll have to it'll just one day uh, it'll pop up in my brain and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, the second part of the third day, um, I thought there were two different stories. I would have watched them cohesively Sure. if I had known. I don't know why I thought, oh, it's two different, completely different stories. Yeah. Tis not. No. Uh, so when we, when we were watching it, I remember being like, this woman is wildly irresponsible. <laughs> yeah and has like she does not know how to read a room yeah at all yeah um and i still feel that honestly because mm-hmm. it's like if that's a journey that you wanted to take by yourself fine but you don't take your kids with you for something like that yeah even if so like maybe if you didn't know mm-hmm. that it was as intense as it was but like the second you got the second she got to the room that was not being rented to her and you could read the tone of that, I would have been like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I understand the whole like social strength of being like, I'm going to stand up for myself. But no, I'm yeah. not sleeping somewhere and eating somewhere that I'm clearly not wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is not happening. And you especially should not drag your children through that to experience. It, yeah. I just thought so. It is connected. I didn't, I have to say, I felt like a complete dingbat because I didn't make the connection at first. Right. Because they never show his family. Right. So you're like, I don't know, like, I, I, how am I going to? And for some reason, I, I knew, I think that I knew he had other kids, but I didn't know how many or mm-hmm. I'd forgotten. So I just didn't like connect like, oh, two girls. Well, those must be his two girls. I was just like, yeah, he had other kids. But since I, since I already went in thinking it was a separate story. I didn't make the connection. If I knew that they connected, I probably would have caught on way sooner and been like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right, right. But um, I kept trying to think of like, how does this connect? How does this connect? And then, yeah, so I mean, spoilers, obviously, I guess. Yeah, it's been, you know, all, been long enough. It's been long enough. Um, I, like, yeah, on the one hand, I can see going there for the money. But like, also, did you think it would be easy? I mean, if he disappeared with the money. Yeah. Like he's not going to make it easy for you to get it. Right. You know? So, you know, you're going to have to jump through some hoops. And and again, you want to take that risk on your own. That's fine. But I just thought it was like really wild, especially like once they like I, I didn't understand how she was able to be talked out of the um, the nefarious tone of that 
abandoned space and what was happening there. They're like, oh, yeah. oh no, no, that's yeah. just a birthing room. Oh, yeah. Well, now that you've said that, I didn't find the sacrifice goat and all the blood scary at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people just never know when to just leave places. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he had opportunities in the first mm-hmm. part of it. She had opportunities in the second part. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's like that old Eddie Murphy skit, you know? Which one? Where they're like, you know, like a white family moves into a house and it's like, oh, and then a black family moves in. It's like, oh, we got the beautiful house here and the kids are playing outside. Get out. Too bad we can't stay, baby. (laughs) Yeah, it just, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Both of their inability to read a room was wild. So, um, I mean, if they did, then there wouldn't be a story. And I understand that. But I felt like they could have been a little less extra about that because I feel like it really messed with I'm so torn about this show sure it's like I liked the show yeah but their motives and their behavior was so annoying mm-hmm. like with her like I what, was genuinely annoyed in her yeah. episode I was like I genuinely want to slap I want to slap the shit out of you at this right. point because even though like he did stupid shit right but I'm like oh, okay he slept with this other woman mm-hmm. so he's just a big dumb guy who who He's just stupid. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're just stupid. But what are the chances that both you and your wife are stupid? Yeah. Well, um, I mean. I mean, yeah, I guess. But like, I just, with I think, her, she seemed so level-headed. So yeah. you, as a level-headed person, she, as a character, she was making such stupid, irresponsible decisions that it was yeah. very, the contrast was like, no. I think it's tough, you know, and and, and to me, you know, I'm, you know, whatever i'm not a very strong writer per se with dialogue and stuff but uh i just feel like it's tough to kind of craft these types of stories in the modern era with technology and everything everybody anywhere you go nowadays the cell phone signal you don't have yeah you know in films and or your battery's running low Mm -hmm. or dead or whatever because they the first the first thing that you have to do is get rid of the cell phone it's like yeah in all these and, and i feel like with this film you know, there was no cell phone service there. And then they had to cut the travel route, which, you know, that is places are like that, obviously. So it's not like crazy, but they had to write themselves into this corner so that they could tell this story. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if they would have just dated it back a little bit, it probably would have been it would have felt a little more organic. Yeah. In that because it's like, I don't know, whenever I'm watching a film and, and it's like there's no cell phone service. Usually, not always, but usually I'm just like, well, they had to say that so that, you know, so they could do whatever they're going to justify their position. But I mean, you could easily just have them lose their phone or I'd rather a battery be dead than there's no cell phone service because I don't know where in this country you can go and not have cell phone service unless it's on my trip to work. Well, I never never saw him charge his phone, I don't think. So I was like, this is kind of an amazing phone that he's got there. Um, even so the, the, the charging thing, there's no excuse for, because you don't need a signal who the hell leaves their house. You could charge your phone in your car. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there would be no reason for you to not be able to charge your phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the cell phone thing has gotten a, like, I'm fine with spotty service. Yeah. But when it's like, there's no cell service at all, like anywhere, like no matter what position yeah. you get and you can't find like even a signal, like yeah. anywhere, <laughs> like that seems kind of convenient. Um, even with all the towers that have been erected in, in, in these days. like Erected. Erected. Um, um, yeah. So I don't know if that's, but I don't you know. Jude Law was great in the first half and um, uh, the actress's name was escaping. She did it. You know, all the performances were great. I thought. Yeah. Look, they're, they're really strong actors. And that's what frustrated me about it because it wasn't the actors. It wasn't, it was just kind of the convenience of things that were happening and then the motives. Yeah. For the characters were just they seemed incredibly incredibly forced and but at the same time you know like it, it was still good you know mm-hmm. I, I would definitely sure. recommend watching it but it, there were just things that frustrated me about it and it was more just um something that seems to be a pattern in in you know storylines nowadays yeah, yeah. and uh eh, you know but i did like it and I wanted to finish the review because we did start the first one. And I don't know why, like a dingus, I thought it was two different stories. I thought like, well, they're they're going to connect because of the island. But I thought, it, you know, the people yeah. didn't connect at all. Um, I did. I did like the little I wasn't sure how I felt about them adding that kind of twist at the end with the kid um, repeating to her what she had said. Like yeah. at first I was like, oh. 
because I wanted it to be a practical story. Yeah. And then it added this element very, uh, of yeah. sort of... Uh, it's very sound on my voice. Yeah, it, it added this sort of mythical type of feel to it that I didn't like at first. And then I was like, that's kind of interesting. You know, yeah. I kind of like that they did that because they didn't overdo it. It was yeah. really subtle with, you know, her having said something to him that only he would know. But, mm -hmm. you know, he's a completely white child. So it's that's obviously not the kid that. Um, yeah. And I, I, I really enjoyed her reaction to Jude um, when he tried to pawn this kid off as theirs that sort of exchange that she yeah, had yeah, with him um yeah. it was very realistic you know mm -hmm. like she didn't baby him through it and and not for a second did she allow herself to believe that that could be true you yeah. know it was like just the logistics and reality of like i would know what my own kid looked like yeah and i remembered thinking this kid doesn't seem like he's the right age even before we knew that he was of mixed race because you know, at first you're like, okay, well, he's white. So, I, you know, yeah, I yeah. assume that's his kid. Uh, but then it's like knowing who she was immediately. I'm like, well, this can't be the right kid. I mean, the other, like the other girls obviously look like they're mixed race. Like yeah. this kid is not in any way, shape <laughs> or form. And he's not the right age. And so I love that she, you know, she did point that out. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not even the right color yeah. to be our kid like how could you believe this um but then you know they kind of add that little thing at the end and you're like whoa so is it saying yeah yeah you know it, making you again not not uh not justifying the links that they went to keep their beliefs going but that maybe there was something to it yeah if this kid could have i don't know somehow been like reincarnated or i don't know what the hell the the, the thing would be yeah i don't you get on this island do you change races like what is <laughs> yeah that's kind of racist <laughs> was i not washing to a whole yeah, was level. my color not good enough for you as your demigod or something yeah. like what the yeah, fuck yeah. um yeah so yeah i mean i liked it i i was you know just i wanted to talk about it because it's like you know this had this happens just because there's things about something you don't like doesn't mean it can't still be good yeah so there's going to be things that you don't like it's very, there's no black or white about it no. Although in this film, you get, it, there seemed to be go back and forth. Apparently, rude. Um, so the next, uh, the next film that we're going to talk about uh, came out on Netflix. So you may spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. Skip ahead. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to listen. Go to watch it and then come back. And then come back to us. We'll wait. We'll wait for you. And good. Um. So. Uh, the film run came out. I'd seen something about it maybe like a month ago because I remember marking it. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, I forgot because it you could see something within a month or four years, it seems, lately. And it's never in between. It's like you're either going to see this in the immediate future or, you know, you're going to have to change your driver's license by the time <laughs> this actually makes it out. Yeah. Like Antlers. I feel like I've been waiting for that movie for 14 centuries. Still hasn't come out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but. Sour grapes. So Netflix tends, you know, say what you will about them. But when it, in terms of their movies, they seem to be really on the ball, so to speak. Balls. <laughs> with, with releases. Yeah. And it's more likely that they wait before they advertise things, which makes sense, you know. So they're like, okay, this is going to release. Just a quick on... uh, tangent on that. I'm just, I'm, I'm what? over. I'm so over having trailers like a year before a film comes out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they they establish a release over it, and they go, okay, we're going to release this, and then like a month before it comes out, they show you. Oh, hey, this show's this show's coming or film is coming out. And you're like, oh, whoa. And then a month later, sometimes two weeks later, I've got a show. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I just saw this. How did, it's it's already there. This yep. is fantastic. Um, Antlers is a perfect example of that. I saw that trailer, I swear it was over a year ago. Mm. Easily over a year ago, I think that I saw that trailer. Or maybe this year's just felt really long, but it's felt it felt like yeah. a long time ago that I saw that. I definitely wasn't afraid of COVID when I saw that trailer. Let's just say that. So yeah. it's been it's been a while. It's been a year at least, and it's like so you had enough footage to show me a trailer. But well, are we not done in post yet? So well, you're, well, you're waiting for a vaccine. Are you kidding me? Like what? 
How, look, <laughs> no, people have to get over it. Okay, yeah, lots Wonder of people Woman's lost. Yeah, lots video. of people lost money. This yeah, isn't ideal demand. for anybody, but hanging on to a film that honestly only works against uh, a production company, in in my opinion, because you build up such an anticipation that if you have not made the best movie that has ever existed, yeah. everyone's going to hate it. Yeah, and it's 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 tricky because you know uh, it's not like there's going to be one day and everything's back to normal. It's going to be like a gradual thing. So you know it could be another. Even if let's say the vaccine comes out. And I'm, I'm talking this in in relation to like movie theaters specifically, not yeah, just society in general. Because first responders are the ones getting it first anyway. Yeah, well, so. no, not even that. But just you know, as it starts to hit society, there's going to be plenty of people that aren't, aren't going to take it. They don't don't they don't trust it or whatever. But even so, it's like people have to like they're going to be. It's going to be going back in stages. It's not going to be like Saturday we're on lockdown and Sunday right. you can go wherever you want and right. everything's fine. So, you know, it's not like you're 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 holding off on something. It could be like another year, even if the vaccine was available tomorrow and 100% safe, it's still going to be like another year before things get back to quote unquote normal. You yeah. know, there's the jobs, the economy is 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 is, is rough right now. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand it a little bit more when it comes to the bigger budget films only because they have so much money to make up. And that's not the type of money that you can make up on demand. That said, some of them, like, like I said, um, New Mutants became on on demand, and Wonder Woman's coming to HBO and stuff, and you're not, you don't even have to pay for that one. So it's like, yeah, there comes a point where you kind of just have to cut the cord and either decide that we're going to wait it out and we're not going to show any more trailers, we're going to pretend it doesn't exist, yeah, or just release it on demand and 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 try to recoup your funds that way. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, back to Netflix. <laughs> I guess Netflix. They've been. They've been funding a lot of stuff, which is a genius move on their part, especially during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I imagine they're probably like, let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. People are home. Yeah. Um, and so uh, for this movie, it, it's a writer director, which, again, as you know, I said that I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I especially like. And um, I did reach out to the director and I did not expect to hear back from them. So when I didn't, it was no surprise to me. Um, But uh, so it's directed and written by Anise Changanti, who did um, a film, I think, in 2018 called Searching. Mm -hmm. Before that, all shorts. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, And I love that. That's like the closest to the indie success story. That you could pretty much get, you know, yeah. it's not like, you know, and again, I don't know. A lot of times that happens. Yeah, that's the case. And then there's tons of connections. So I'm sure there was tons of connections and that's, you know, uh, but it, it's still pretty cool, you know, to mm-hmm. to go from like making short films uh, to like suddenly getting a Netflix film. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so um, writer, director, and uh, it's starring Sarah Paulson and Kira Allen uh, those are like the two main actors in it. Sarah mm-hmm. Paulson, obviously being the you know the the big named actor yeah. in it. Your second feature, you you pulling in. Yeah, Sarah you got you, you pulled Sarah Paulson in. So um, we've we've talked on the show a lot about inclusion and disability inclusion. We've had Eileen Gruba on. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot um, at length about the way Hollywood works. And for those of you who may not have listened to those episodes or don't know. Um, I believe 95% of disabled characters are played by Mm able-bodied actors. Um, And now when it comes to scripts where some, when a a character is previously walking and or running has an accident, that I understand Mm -hmm. because we obviously, you know, in in today's day and age, you probably could fake that, but the amount of money you'd have to spend in in effects would be insane. Um, But when it's a character that is disabled, Throughout a film, um, disabled ca- uh, actors are not allowed to audition yeah. for those parts. They're not even Crazy. allowed to audition for it. And currently in, um, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Here we go. <laughs> I knew it would come to me. Okay. So Sia had. Um, the singer? Yeah. Okay. She came out with a film. I don't think it's short. I think it was a feature. I don't know. Maybe short or feature. I don't know. Whatever. And um, about an autistic character. And of course she. Uh, cast 
Ziggler, Maddie, Maddie Ziggler, I think the girl's name is. She has she has a weird obsession with her, like almost like almost to a point where it gets a little bit creepy because it's like I understand liking an actor and using them for things Mm -hmm. like music. But now, like you make a film and it's the same person again. It's just like, God, like there's other people. (laughs) um, And so she used her to play the character. And there was a bit of an uproar about it um, because several disabled actors had kind of chimed in about having tried to audition or auditioning or whatever, and that she wound up going with an able, I mean, you know, autism is not like physically disabling, but like she went with somebody who doesn't have autism. Mm -hmm. And when she was confronted on this, I think via Twitter or whatever, her response to disabled actors were, well, maybe you're not that good of an actor. Nice. Which is like, okay. Keeping it classy. (laughs) Good response. I I guess that that's the, and now the person that I think had kind of started this was like an experienced actor. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like an aspiring actor that hadn't been in anything that, that could be true. Like this person does get work. So they obviously do know what they're doing. Uh, Sia claimed that she had went with an, an autistic actor and that, it didn't seem fair to put them through the day in and day out of what was because they seem to be struggling through it. And it's like, all right, but that's one autistic person. There's yeah, yeah. varying degrees and spectrums. Um, but, you know, you look at um, what's that show that you like? Which that one? Netflix show. Uh-huh. Is it? Uh, the autistic. Oh, the um, yeah, kid. I yeah. I know which one you're you know, about. I can't think of the title like, of it, though. Atypical. Yeah. Like, he does an amazing job. Because he's an actor. Yeah. You know, so this, okay, this this is where you can have cancel culturing, uh, cul- cancel culturing scenarios. Um, but I, I, I'm, I invite questions and concerns and theories and all that. Um, some people view an able-bodied person or um, a non-autistic person playing an autistic person as a form of mockery. I don't. Your job as an actor is to embody that character, mm-hmm. however that may be. Do I think that able-bodied actors should be able to play disabled characters? Absolutely. But I think that the playing field should be even. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is that there rarely do we have scripts where disabled characters are just characters. Right. Yep. Where it's not the fo- that, that their disability is not the focus, but it just so happens to be that this teacher is in a wheelchair. It's not addressed because it doesn't need to be. Because yeah. when I see someone in a wheelchair, I don't feel the need to walk up them and be like, "What happened?" Yeah, yeah. you know, it's just what's it's, your life story. It's none of my business. You know, obviously something happened, and they're in a wheelchair. You yeah. know, so the fact that there's so little representation, and yet disabled people you see all the time, mm-hmm. it doesn't add up. Yeah. And so um, while he does a great job at playing that character, an autistic actor probably didn't get a chance to even audition for that. No, yeah, probably. And from what Eileen was telling us, that is the case, that they're they're actually not even given the opportunity to audition for those parts. It's just like they're not even going to yeah. offer it. Um, so in Run, as soon as we started watching it, I was like, there was that part of me that was like, oh, boy, here we go again. We got a character in a wheelchair and, you know egg on my face she's actually uh, a wheelchair user mm-hmm. um wasn't there did not know that wasn't there some kind of um small uproar about people that were auditioning for the role in wheelchairs actresses claimed yeah to use wheelchairs when they did not yeah that's messed up which is insanity uh yeah the director had said that uh several actresses had made the claim to get the part and so let's just establish this because it's um, it's something a lot of people don't think about. And that the same way there's varying degrees of and spectrums of autism, right? There's people that you can clearly see suffer from autism. They've got headphones. They've got sensitivity, mm-hmm. you know, or nervous behavior, or, you know, don't like being touched. And then there's people that are on the spectrum, but you would never really know. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point. With a certain experience, so it's a see spectrum. It. It's not like yeah, it's a spectrum. It's it's just different for everybody. And so, what a lot of people don't understand is that there are people that use wheelchairs but don't need them all the time. Mm-hmm. They're not faking it. It's just depending on how their symptoms sort of flare, they'll need a wheelchair <clears throat> for a certain amount of time. Yeah, 
they'll walk when they can. And then it's like, I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Wherever the ailment is starts to hurt too much. And then they need to use their wheelchair. And that becomes like a huge, you know, people have yelled at other people on lines and stuff for having, you know, and claiming that they're faking it. Wait, you're telling me there was an argument online on the internet? (laughs) That's crazy stuff. I know. It's weird. um, And so it's, I'm quite sensitive to this because I never want to, I would never in a million years put myself in the same category as somebody who deals with a physical disabling issue. But I I understand what it's like for people to not believe you because I have an autoimmune disorder and I have flare-ups. I have days where almost nothing's bothering me. Something's always bothering me, but almost nothing's bothering me. And then I have days where I am functioning at like 20%. Mm. And most people in my life, before they find out about the issues that I have, have no idea. Right. I'm very good at faking it and hiding it, which, you you know, if you're paralyzed, you can't hide that. Yeah. I have a kind of issue that I can fake, especially on good days. Yeah. But it's still there. It still affects me. I've just, unfortunately, uh, I've gotten used to it. And so I have just a high tolerance for discomfort. And you may never know. I, I can I can have a conversation with somebody inside. I'm screaming because my joints hurt really bad or whatever. So um, I'm very sensitive to that. I, I don't like when, you know, there's just this sort of... Uh, this cookie cutter way yeah. of being disabled. Like there's people are going through, through things. You have no idea. People are going through radiation, chemotherapy. You'd never know it, mm-hmm. you know, um, just kind of depends how you react to it. So I didn't know that this actress was actually in a wheelchair. And this was an amazing example of why it's ridiculous that we're not considering disabled yeah. actors because I swore that she was an able-bodied actor playing someone with a disability. Yeah, yeah me too. Because you always, you know what it is? It's like you always look for those little subtle moments of like, well, when she turned her body this way, her leg went up. And if you did, you know, or, some, you know, just little things like that. And um, because it's become so rampant and in, in, in everything. And But a- after having seen the movie and found that out, then I think back at her performance. I'm like, wow, she was like on the roof and, you know, dragging, like, yeah. dragging herself across yeah. fucking you know, uh, roof tiles and stuff. I had to take my own advice on seeing the bigger picture because I don't know why she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I tried to look up like what had actually happened to her and I couldn't find it, um, which was kind of good because it's none of our business, I mm-hmm. guess, really. Right. You know, it's she's in a wheelchair. Um, but because there were scenes of her sort of lifting her leg a bit, it seemed on her own. I thought, oh, OK, it's not you know, like she's able, able-bodied. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like at the end she's standing on crutches. So she has the ability to stand obviously, um, with assistance though. And so I wish I had known this going in because I do. And I don't, because Mm. I watched the performance. I just watched her as an actor and not as a disabled actor. Yeah. It was just watching somebody in performance. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't know, but then another part of me like wished that I'd known, um, as usual, you know, Sarah Paulson did a great job. Yeah, I mean, it's you'd be hard, hard fought to find her not doing a good job in anything. She's so really. she's so Paulson in everything. Yeah, <laughs> she she cries like that. Yeah, um, she has this little uh, this quick temper tantrum towards the end of the film. Yeah, that was that actually like made me jump a little because I didn't expect her to do. She's so good at shit like that. Yeah. it's the, it's. It seems easy to be angry. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. I mean, as as an actor, I assume um, it's easy to just like, I have to be mad. So let me yell. Right. Sort of thing versus just letting that anger take you to a bleed. Maybe you yell, maybe you won't. Let's just see where the anger goes, sort of thing. And um, yeah, everything, it's, you know, it's all motivated properly. It's yelling at the right time Mm -hmm. as well. There's there's something that um, in, in the acting world, referred to as the Hollywood huff, mm-hmm. which I had learned in a class and I didn't realize so many kind of, God, this is going to sound pretentious, but I didn't realize that so many like subpar actors, I know that sounds so uh, mean, do it. Mm-hmm. But that's why it was explained to us. It was like, you're, you're going to see this in an, in an actor that is not confident in their performance or doesn't have a lot of experience. You're going to see a Hollywood huff. And then we saw examples of it and I was like, oh crap, <laughs> they all... Every and any actor that's not really confident or, or very experienced will exhale in between lines. But in reality, when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're frustrated, you do that whilst speaking. So it's a wasted opportunity 
to sort of express yourself realistically. Mm-hmm. So like if I were saying, God, I'm so tired of your shit, a, a, a inexperienced actor would go, oh, I'm mm-hmm. so tired of your shit. But that's not how you would say it. You'd say, God. Right. So you that, you know, it's using it in that moment. Yeah. While speaking to somebody. And it's it's unfortunately something that a lot of people don't realize they're doing because they're overthinking it. Like as an actor, you're overthinking it. So you're like, okay, so I'm going to be frustrated right now. So I'm going to huff. I'm going to deliver my line. Because you're just thinking of delivering the lines. You're not kind of embodied in there. Yeah. And Sarah Paulson is so good at just like, she never wastes a huff, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's a well-placed huff, yeah. if I've ever seen one. Um, she does a really good job of that. I It was... Very much a Netflix movie to yeah. me. Definitely. It felt like a but Netflix a movie, but a good one. But you know, we've talked about and, like and, that. And all that stuff. Yeah. That Netflix has this kind of like the schematic that they seem to follow. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, more so with bigger budget films like um, that Charlie Theron movie. You remember mm-hmm. that? that those, those ones seem to have like a very similar look. Yeah, Old Guard. And all the Marvel movies they had, they, they, they started to just have like this similar look and feel and and tone and even the pacing and all that stuff seemed very cookie, cookie cutter their indie indie productions don't really seem to have that much of a thing i, I think a lot of times they're probably buying films that were already made so they didn't have a, a this felt this though would, now because productions have have slowed mm. and almost stopped and i think they're starting up again this this you know if it's a netflix film from the get-go then yeah which this this yeah. seemed like it was anyway. There's a pay. It's two things for me. There's pacing that they seem to have, like the same mm-hmm. sort of urgency mm-hmm. and grading. Mm-hmm. Beautiful grading. Don't get me wrong. The, yeah, the, no, the color is gorgeous, it's like, but it's always the same. Yeah. Netflix, I don't know. Like Netflix is like they have their own color graders and they're like, yeah. you can only use them because they have to follow the grading uh, Netflix rules. Yeah. <laughs> like must be graded this way. Your gray must be at this level. Yeah. Not not any lighter, not any darker. Don't yeah. you dare do it. <laughs> like, All your skin tones are at a perfect. Yeah, it's 75 R IRE or 40 or whatever. What he said. Using. Totally. Yeah. Um, it just seems like, yeah, it just seems really like kind of preset. Yeah. And not bad. It's not like it's done badly, but it's it's what makes everything sort of feel the same, like the way you feel when you're watching a soap opera, like the way yeah. all soap operas look the same. Mm-hmm. It kind of it's like anything that Netflix sort of produces seems to have the same look to it. I wish they would let people sort of just da, 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 yeah, you know, just kind of do something Branch a little, a little bit, bit yeah. different. Um, Worse things, sure, but it starts to be, it's like Netflix movies are like really edgy lifetime movies now. <laughs> yeah. Like really well-made, well-graded lifetime movies. Yeah. When I think of a Netflix production. A drama. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Just kind of all has the same tone to it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Kira, uh, Kira Allen, I had not seen her before, obviously. I'm like... Definitely looking forward to seeing her in other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, after this, she did a really good job, really went through it. Um, but you know what happens now is you, you get somebody like that and mm-hmm. they have a good performance and whatever. And then so they'll start, they'll become the poster child for yeah. it. And that's, and then they're, they're all you see and they're like, oh, we have someone in a wheelchair in this film. But it's the same person that's been in every, not, and not that she shouldn't get all the work because she's really good. But, you know, they, they tend to latch on to like, one thing that, and then they can say, oh, because they know that this is marketable well, now. I think now, unfortunately, look, everything is baby steps. So mm-hmm. as shitty as it is, that that is most likely the way that it's going to proceed. Normalizing a disability is the first step. So if she has to sure. become look, the poster yeah, I mean, board for it, it's like, hopefully in the next 20 years. I'm not saying years. that like fully negatively. I mean, no, I don't think it's Hollywood negative at thing. all, but I just, it I sucks. would like to see it more. Yeah. It know. sucks. But it, I just think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way of opening doors. I believe Sarah Paulson and the director insisted on using a disabled actor. Mm-hmm. So it's more of that mindset. Yeah. Which of, is sad that you, they would even have to insist. Right. But, but th- that is where we are. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's having to have more of that. It's, it's, uh, a director and, you know, whoever, because I, I feel like depending on the production, your leads do have a, a decent amount of say sometimes um, being able to say, no, I, I, I want to keep this authentic. Yeah. I can I can say the studios this and the studios that. But, you know, directors get a lot of pull 
depending on who you are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't look, you know, Marty Scorsese's had to fund a lot of things himself being who he is because, you know, a studio was like, nah, I don't see that happening. It's probably not going to bring in a lot of money and he wants to do it anyway when he does it. But as, but you know, directors really need to cut that shit out. Especially if you have clout to be able to be like, no, because it it goes into that, that conversation of like, okay, well, all right, I'm an, I'm a director. And and if I'm, I'm looking at, if that's, if that's how I survive and that's how I pay my bills, should I not take a job that is hiring an able-bodied person to play a disabled role? Right. Like, what do I say? And like, yes, it's great to have morals and stand up, but then what, if that put, puts you on the street, I mean, there's an argument there. I'm not saying that you, sh- you should say F it and just do it for the money or that you should just deny every single role because there's something you morally disagree with at some point down the, the chain of it um, with all, you know, different degrees of, of whatever. And, you know, that's for each person to decide, but, you know, um, I think there's a, there's a healthy conversation in there. And I think people are too quick to judge and too quick to jump on one side or the other. Yeah, I think it's definitely a gray area because on the one hand, I can see, especially as an actor, if you really like a script and you're like, damn, I really want to do this movie. It seems like a great role. Um, I totally get wanting to do it. But then at the same time, it's like if I have that much influence as an actor, if I'm that well known, you know, I I have I have the pull Mm -hmm. to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this. Right. Like, I highly doubt that if Brad Pitt no, was but I'm, like, I'm talking I'm about. I'm not going to take this role that Hollywood would be like, you're dead to us. Like, he's going to get work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like those people are, are are whatever. And those are the people that really need to step up. It's, but that's what I'm saying yeah. is that, that that's the what little needs people to like happen. us that it's like, it's really tough for us to turn down work. Yeah. It's, I know it seems kind of like, like uh, convenient and like I'm contradicting myself. But well, it's no, like, not really, because when you're, when I feel knowing what you, what do you feel, Paul? Knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing myself that if there ever comes a place in our career that we can make that decision, then we will make that decision. You know what I mean? If yeah. if if I'm ever directing a film and I have clout to be able to say, no, if this is a disabled person, Absolutely. we'll just put them, you know, yeah, but, then there's no question about that. But, again, but then to get there. Yeah. You know, but then there's also that's the tricky part. There's also this thing that seems to happen to people where it's the it's the upkeep. Right. And the same of for having yeah. like to stay in the life. Yeah. And I mean, we, we like to say we would never be that person. I'm sure everybody thinks that they wouldn't be. I, I'm fairly confident. I'm a very simple person in a lot of ways. So it's like, if it's a, you know, if it's, if it's a matter of, listen, you, you can take this job that's going to pay $5 million, but is the morally reprehensible, Mm -hmm. or you can take the million dollar job. I would take a million dollar job. Oh, for sure. But a lot of people wouldn't because- They have a ten million dollar house, and yeah. they pay a nine hundred thousand dollars a year in taxes, and so yeah, yeah. they're, you know, suddenly it's like, oh well, if I want to keep this house in Malibu, then I'm going to have to take the higher paying job. And mm-hmm. but we're simple, you know, like if I ever got paid five million dollars for a role, I wouldn't have a ten million dollar house. Like the last thing I'm doing is buying yeah. a ten million dollar. <laughs> like I'd have, don't get me wrong, my house would be paid off. It'd be decent yeah. out of a nice well, house, it, but it, it's 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 how we're able to continue to make stuff is because we live below our means although sometimes it doesn't feel like it but oh. you know we do are lucky enough that you know we've made smart decisions in that could we live in a bigger house probably and we could have this and x and y and z and but you know buying us uh buying a smaller house and and you know used cars and and all this shit so that way we have i don't want to say disposable income but like income that can be used for our our craft and our art yeah. You know, so it's not disposable in that way, but it's just because to me, it's there's no point. There's no point for me to have a bigger house or fancy car if I can't make some. If I can't, then make art. Well, also, or if you're only working just to have those, things, just to do that, which yeah. a lot of people do, and it to me is just not worth it. I have too much anxiety if I had to worry about my car being repossessed every month because I didn't make enough money. Yeah. Like no, but I even, obviously even can't getting, afford that car. Yeah, because there's always going to be there's always going to be compromise so even like right now i don't my day job isn't making films but if let's say if it was it still doesn't mean that i live up to my means because unless i'm making a film that we made together just us it's never going to be pure art right it's always going to be like a studio film or you know there's going to be producers involved so there's always going to be a buffer that i'll need to be able to kind of um to be able to express myself in that way so you know um live below your means if you if you can We'll see. You know, 
with what's going on now, people are barely surviving. On that happy note, yeah. <laughs> we have one more film. Yay. Yay. So film. this film came out in 2018, but became available now. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it finally came out. So I don't know what happened. The month of November was like the month of Abbott. And I am all for yeah. it. I'm here for it. Let's give us more shit with Abbott in it. Mm-hmm. Abbott it. You're all Abbott it. I'm all Abbott it. Abbott it. <laughs> Damn it. I don't know how to make that sound cool. Um, Okay, so I believe this is like a 2018 film. Um, Director Nicholas Pesci, Mm -hmm. I want to say. I don't think it's Pesh. I think it's Pesci. Um, Okay, so it was based on a novel Mm -hmm. by, oh, I'm going to kill this maybe, Ryu Murakami. Solid, solid. Ryu Ryu Murakami, I want to say. I want to say. and uh, also by uh, Nicholas Pierce was another writer. Mm-hmm. So what well, was a writer than the novel was uh, Murakami's. So um, it is starring, obviously, Christopher Rabbit and also Mia Wazakowska. I always feel like I'm switching letters in there. That was Wazakowski. No, it's not E. No. It's there. definitely an A at the end there. Um, and Laia Costa, who, if you don't know her... <laughs> like, you got to go down the Lyacosta uh, rabbit hole mm-hmm. and start with Victoria. Um, it's just amazing. And so I always like seeing her and stuff because she freaking killed that movie. That movie was just beyond amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this is one of those movies that was kind of like, ironically, like Possessor, where it towed he the likes line. He a weird movie. He does. Yeah. It towed the line of possibly starting to become pretentious in its obscurity mm-hmm. but didn't mm-hmm. but almost did just just, just tickled that just line just tickled the like right the tip tippy tippy toe <laughs> on the line that you're like da, 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 careful <laughs> and then it would reel back and you're like all right and then it would get really close again um i enjoy weird movies um but then sometimes they can, and i've watched some really weird stuff and I find that a lot of the times it's like weird for the sake of being weird or like like a director that's trying to make you uncomfortable. That really bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just like I can't do it. Um, and so I, I kind of I mean, I look, I was going to watch it because it had Chris Abbott in it. But um, I just kind of was scared that it might be a little weirder than I wanted it to be. Um, there's some people that, like I said, that just they just intentionally try to. Uh, Harmony Corinne is mm. one of those people for me. Kids, that's the film that I'm like, that's okay. Because that narrative was so close to people that I knew. Mm-hmm. And like I, I did, I mean, like I hung out at that park. I remember yeah. when that film got made. Like yeah. I remember me and all my friends being pissed off that they didn't get picked as skaters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that film was uncomfortable, but for all the right reasons. Yeah. Then you get a film like fucking Gummo. Yeah. That's like you're just trying. You're not even trying to toe the line. You just flew past it at warp <laughs> speed and you want to take the audience with you. Yeah. And you start killing cats and shit and eating spaghetti and dirty water and dropping candy bars in it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, yeah. And not that I don't understand what's going on, but it's like it's so much. Yeah. Stop. Like, Just bring it back for a second. And like, I didn't even, I have no interest in what's happening in the story because I'm just annoyed, Yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, so it, I loved the idea of, I mean, that, that goes to the novelist really. I yeah, didn't yeah. read the, the novel, so I don't know what happens there, but, um, there was this, uh, so it was kind of like a seventies type feel mm-hmm. to it. And we wondered if it was doing that thing where you weren't supposed to know what time frame you were in, but everything yeah. Pretty much seems seventies. I'm pretty sure it was the seventies. Yeah, and but it was a bit of a uh, hyper realistic world in that, definitely. like you know, the way that they when they're like in the cab and the mm-hmm. cityscape views and stuff were very almost graphical. The buildings were yeah, yeah. obviously you know made to look that way. Um, what a way to save on a budget, huh? <laughs> Style. <laughs> um, but the concept was was interesting, and and um, it there was sort of like an American psycho type feel mm-hmm. to it. I didn't like that movie. And no. I know people are like, 
What? Aside from the little jiggy dance that he does, like oh, yeah. that was kind of worth the watch, but I didn't like it. I don't mm. know why it's, and I love Christian Bale, but that's just what, like to me, the movie was like, mm, I didn't really care for it. Yeah. Uh, but it had like that feel, especially when he's, so there's this scene in the beginning where he's basically doing a play-by-play of how the night is supposed to commence, if you will. Yeah. And um, so again, spoilers. He's like miming through the events yeah. that are about to take place. Literally doing that. Yeah. And so he um, he's hiring this girl, a prostitute, that he plans to murder. And mm-hmm. so he wants to get like all his ducks in a row, so to speak. And he has to, so in this scene, like it was a good word for it. Yeah, he, he mimes through it, like literally talking to nobody that's there. And um, I really liked that. Like it was somewhat, it was comical, but then like a little uncomfortable to watch because yeah. it felt like a really personal moment that yeah. you were sort of invading. And he did a really good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. And they had all really the sound effects yeah. there as if that was really happening too, which was yeah. like a fun little Yeah, I really, thing. I really liked that. Um, the, the talking baby in the beginning, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was scared. Not because it looked stupid or it was done badly, but that's where I was like, oh, no, this movie's going to like go. It's going to tell it's not going to tell yeah. the line. It's going to fly over. And it. I didn't know anything. You know, a lot of these films, I go in blind, which is fun. By for choice. Me. Yeah. I like doing it that way. So I'm like, is this a horror film? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> well, um, that's kind of why you should watch tra- or at least get well, a no, synopsis. But, but I like that part of it. I like the discovery of what I'm watching going on that journey. You're far stronger a man than I yeah. am, sir. I mean, look, it'll never happen. See what if... I did there? Because I'm not a man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is this another joke about me lifting weights? No. <laughs> God. Um, I I can't. I don't like that. Yeah. That's way too much. I have too much. I have too much uh, anxiety for stuff like that. I don't know what I'm. I, well, I have bigger films, things. I can't do that. Like if a Star Wars films come out, I'm going to watch a trailer like 50 times. No, but like, with anything, it's a control thing for me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm in the mood for. Yeah, because I may not be in the mood for this right now, and so I need to know what I'm getting. Is this a drama? Is it like what is it? What's going on? Mm-hmm. I you, do wa- like watching trailers though. I'll watch. I'll go through and watch trailers, but for some reason, if if we're going to watch something, I'm just like, yeah, let's just watch it. Well, what I have to do is show you a trailer and then not watch it for like a couple months, so that you kind of forget. Yeah. That you watch the trailer and then I say, oh, we're just watching a movie. And then you're like, oh, this looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> especially if the trailer didn't give too much away with God, they do that so That's often. another thing, too. That is another reason. I, you guys are getting if really, I had, you Hollywood types if, and, and anyone with a budget higher than $100,000 in our eyes is Hollywood. <laughs> just so you know. Really, can you stop that? Yeah. I've actually not ticked movies because I've watched the trailer and I've been like, I don't even I need to watch this movie. Now yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And I won't watch it. But there's a huge swath of people out there that <laughs> just, they want to know that. A swath of people. Yeah, a swath of Interesting. People. This is what was explained to me because I was complaining about this to somebody and they had a really interesting take in that there's just so many people, a swath, if you will, <laughs> out there that they want to know what they're getting into. They want to know when they go watch this movie about a guy who travels cross country with a dog or whatever, that the dog's going to be okay at the end or whatever. Yeah. I, I just need to know the, just give me the genre we're in. I, I'm not I that like, much of I'm, a control freak. I'm, if trailers were just teasers. Yeah, teasers. You know, I want to know teasers. the tone of Let's it. Let's do that. I want to know the tone of it and um, when it's available. Yeah. That's all I need. I'll take a detailed teaser over a detailed trailer because you're just you're yeah. giving the pot away. Three minutes? I mean, three minutes? It's like, that's just too long that's for a trailer. Too, that's a short. Yeah. <laughs> that's a micro short. Like a minute, minute and a half You could have told a, a, almost an need. entire story it's in that. That's all you need. Yeah. So um, I had seen this. I remember seeing this trailer and it was obscure, which I liked because I was like, I'm not sure what this movie is, is about. So I went into this knowing it was like, okay, I think he like wants to kill people mm-hmm. and he has like a sort of fetish about it. And I already knew that Mia or Maya, I think it's Maya, Mia. Mm-hmm. Um, I already knew that like, she was not what you were going to get at face value. Like I already knew from the character, right. but I didn't know see, any of the details. That's the things that are ruined, you know, because I didn't know that. So I just see her as whatever. And it's like, oh, she's like this too. I don't know. She seemed a little so too. I think it's like going, I don't know, this is going to become a trailer rant, but still. <laughs> I thought the movie was just kind of like, it's okay. You know, okay. I mean, Chris Rabbit's. Christopher Abbotting all over the film and doing well. <laughs> um, Maya or Mia, she's great too. And of course, um, 
Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> She's. I. I. I wish they would have switched roles. Yeah. That would have been I interesting. I hate to say that. I mean, not that either of them did bad in the role they had, but I would have liked to. You have know seen. what it is? Is that Mia has. Um, she's. She has a very kind of puerile face mm-hmm. and mannerism and voice, and so I never buy her as an adult. Mm-hmm. As weird as I don't even know how old she is. I should find out how old she is. I I can guarantee she's way older than I think she is. Yeah. But she's very very youthful and. That I mean, I think they wanted kind that of, kind of like innocent, youthful thing because she's like not. I mean, she's a prostitute, but she deals with like a lot of S and M and stuff as well. So um, yeah, but I think it, like I've I don't know I I've seen her look more her age. Mm-hmm. I think she's got to be like around thirty. Yeah. But they just she had look. There's worse things to have. She has a very young face, yeah. and then they gave her this re- very like Mia Wallace like blunt cut with the bangs, which you just think of like. Matilda in Leon when I see that. So I think of a child. And so, you know, she's wearing like this very adult, provocative, like corseted type thing. But then she has this baby face and this, you know, just kind of a soft demeanor and voice. And I just don't buy it, I Mm -hmm. guess. So, yeah, I I can see I could see like if they had switch roles where um if there had been kind of more of a seduction yeah, and then the flip of like, Oh, she's a fucking nutbag. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like that may have um, worked a little bit more. I think that for me, it was, it was always her character. Like she did a great job of playing the character, but yeah, I just sure. never really bought the character more so because of her face and age. She yeah. just looked too young for it, even so, though she's not, I think they're, the, they're the same age yeah. in real life, but Christopher Abbott looks his age and she just doesn't. She, yeah. she looks like she's 21. Yeah. Like all the time. Films like this too, I always watch and I shouldn't, but I watch and I'm just like, what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances, you know, that this would happen? But yeah, high because it's a film about that. So yeah, but every, every so often you hear stories where you're like, that's a coincidence, but it's happened. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I think that was the comedy in it that yeah, he yeah. finally kind of drummed up the nerve to do this and he would get a complete psychopath. Yeah. But who was also sort of his soulmate in a way, yeah. as we find out at the end. So there was this cat and mouse game that they wound mm-hmm. up playing that I wasn't really sh- like at the very beginning when it, it was kind of she was sort of exposed, uh, not literally, but mm-hmm. for for her, her mental state. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if this becomes like a match made in heaven? But then it kind of started taking a turn. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to work out for him at all. But then they kind of started letting each other go too far. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, I think this is kind of like a cat and mouse thing that they're doing. Um, And so I I especially loved the last line. I thought that was really kind of ironic because she sort of pulled the the, like, let's eat first line Mm -hmm. on him. And then um, and then he has like this perfect little smirk at the end where you're like, oh, they're yeah, they're perfect for each other. Your poor wife. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> logistically, like, what happens now? I mean, do you call the wife? You have to go through the divorce proceedings and. No, I think he, you totally stay married. Oh, and yeah. You see her on the side. She has her job like she's not quitting yeah. what she does for him. And he's not he has the kid, although he shouldn't be around the kid. I'm saying he did want to kill it. So. That. And plus, there's the whole like aspect of coming home with like. Well, that head busted. Yeah, that immediately like once the game started going that far, I was like, he's there's no way he's going to be able to explain this. How is he going? First of all, once she bit him, I was like, you can't explain that. Yeah. Getting punched. You could be like, oh, some psychopath, you know, I was breaking up a fight on the street. On the tube. Yeah. And I, you know, got socked, you know, but how did someone but in that spot, you would have to have your hand near their mouth. Yeah. Which wouldn't happen if you were punching them. You'd you had a close fist. What's so. a slap? Them. They caught it with their <laughs> they teeth. Caught it with their teeth. So as soon as she bit him, I was like, "Oh man, how is he going to explain that? That's a very distinctive yeah. injury that you can't call something else." Yeah. So from there, he was already screwed. I think so. It was just kind of like you might as well go for it. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't I I picture the character. Maybe the book tells you more. Maybe they go into like more detail at the end of what happens. But I think he would totally stay with his wife and keep that facade. And then she would continue what she does. And then they like just see each other every so often to beat the shit out of one another with can openers or whatever the hell else they have around. Um, Yeah. I think that, I mean, 
where where you were saying what are the odds for me it was like uh that's extensive damage to your thigh that would hurt i don't care what kind of sadomasochist you are that would hurt so bad you would not be walking yeah that easily with that many stab wounds to your leg like one or two maybe if you didn't yeah. go in too deep but that was like 20 stab wounds yeah there comes a point where you're just breaking muscle apart and you can't yeah. u- utilize your anatomy. Yeah, that's going to take some recovery. Yeah. Um, just saying. And there was quite a bit of blood loss there, uh, especially in the leg. When you get near the inner leg, she stayed on the top. But I'm like, one slip, there's an artery there. Mm-hmm. You're done. You know, so I thought, all right. <laughs> I all right. Um, and then there was one little thing that I thought, OK, so initially when he go when she starts like you know going all psycho on herself with the scissors he gets a call from management about the noise complaint um but then there are several scenes after that where she screams even louder and nothing like there was no call or like hey hey yeah we talked about this you didn't get any of that so yeah so i started to wonder was that call real because he would hear, he fantasized, yeah, yeah. He, he fantasized things and he had like these weird auditory hallucinations throughout mm-hmm. it. So I wondered like, was that real? Because then at the end of the call, he's like, but still kill her. Yeah. So I was like, someone might think, oh, the call was real. But then he pretend, you know, he fantasized that ending of the phone call. But I think maybe the whole thing might have been a fantasy because how the hell yeah. <laughs> did and they the not cleanup, call again? You know, the- that's what I wondered. Like, you know. Because he just left. It's not like he cleaned up and now there's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And then there was the guy at the elevator. I didn't quite understand the point of that conversation. Yeah. But he was like, have you seen my wife? my wife? Yeah. What? what? Like I was waiting for that to mean yeah. something, you know, and I just thought like. I think it's just like, you. to me, it's. Buying time. It could have been just like world building stuff that you're just in this weird, weird world where this yeah. guy's missing his wife and it's just like an awkward conversation. Yeah, I guess. I mean, because he needed to buy the time for the elevator yeah. when she kind of flew out after that. Um, I don't know. I It's weird. I think that if if this hadn't been Christopher Abbott, if this had not been a very strong actor, I may not have liked this mm-hmm. film. I don't think I would have hated it because it was still creative. Yeah. But... I don't think I would have really liked it, but he did such a good job that, I mean, yeah, I'm partial. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always going to be partial when it comes to Abbott, but um, so much of my love for him is that he's such a freaking good actor. Yeah. He's adorable, but he's such a freaking good actor. And so I think that that speaks volumes that I cannot be crazy about the story, but still enjoy the film. Because the performance was really good. Mm-hmm. And um, especially that whole beginning part. I, I wish there had been more of that. These awkward little kind of moments. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like a, a scene where something naughty is going down. And he's just kind of like confused by what to do with it. Yeah. And just like his expression was so funny, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, just those little. He's, he's so good at. He's played silly comedic roles. He's played serious parts. He's played a drug addict. He's played everything. You know, he's just, he's been in horror movies. He's been in comedies. He's been in like mind bending thrillers. He's anything you throw at that guy, he can do. He's like, yeah, he's, I mean, like he's, he's getting up there for me. Yeah. He's, he's up in like the Oldman Hoffman. It'll be interesting to see where his career goes. He obviously couldn't handle anything. So it's just a matter of, I love that he's still indie though. And yeah, I don't think mainstream. Yeah, I don't think mainstream has quite discovered him yet. But he's. It'll be interesting to see what what his career becomes. He takes interesting it's parts. Not, of it's not going to. You know, it's not like he, eventually he will be. You know, like a. You know, uh, a, a bigger. I'm trying to think of somebody that, to, that had a similar career path, but eventually he will be a bigger star, and it'll be interesting to see what what he does with that. Yeah. I don't know. And not, not that I think he will sell out, quote unquote, and just do Marvel movies for the rest of his life or something. But um, I'm just <laughs> well, interested. Well, it depends to, if he wants to buy a $10 million dollar house. Yeah, you don't need to. Genuinely interested to see what, what he chooses when he has a little bit more uh, pull in the in the, in the the bigger budget I kind of hope that he becomes like a Pattinson. Yeah. Right? Where it's like one for the meal, one for the real, where he does still take kind of the really indie stuff. And mm-hmm. then every so often he throws in a mainstream thing like, yeah, yeah. fuck it. I'll play Batman. What are you paying me? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then I can see that. And then does, you know, like or a Michelle Netflix. Williams or something. Yeah, like does a Netflix 
show uh-huh. or, you know, takes on a smaller part. And um, I love when when well-known actors still do shorts. I find that so freaking awesome. Like every yeah. so often you see somebody who's like, wait, they just did a short. Like recently they don't have to do shorts anymore. Like why yeah. would they do that? Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. Christopher Rabbit, I know you obviously listen to this show. So yeah. like if you want to be in one of our films, uh, just, you know, just shoot me a text because we obviously have each other's numbers. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We'll pay you the usual food. <laughs> and barely sag rates, but yeah. more than everyone else, sadly. Right. <laughs> more than every other indie production, it seems. Um, yeah. So those those were our reviews. I enjoyed them. Yeah. I enjoyed them. Things that I could pick apart, but I think overall was pretty good watches, I'd say. Sure, I would say as well. So. Um, would echo that statement even. Yeah. So we have a guest on next week. True story. This is a four show. Four show. Um, and um, so, wait, what date is that? Jesus Christ. The 6th? Mm-hmm. Next Sunday. Whenever that is. Um, so Arthur Swidniski, he did a uh, documentary mm-hmm. called Shred America. So we're giving you the time now to go watch that. And then you can listen to next week's, week's episode and be like, I totally know what you're talking about here yeah. in this part and that part. Um, so, uh, sometimes we have our guests on very close to the date that we release. And so we don't have time to sort of give you that. Um, but when we're able to kind of record with enough time, mm-hmm. I really want to try to like mention these things so you can go out and maybe look for them before the next yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we talked to him about that documentary, like really like fun. It's a fun movie. He's a fun guy. It's just a fun time. Yeah. That movie was, uh. I loved it. it really I loved good. it. You loved it. And it was a documentary. Yeah. Go figure. So shout outs. Mograph.com. Mograph.com. Also, we will be having the Mograph guys on in the month of December. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So we're going to have Woo-hoo. them on. Let's hope that doesn't get canceled because now I sound like an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were going to have them Christmas on to us. in the month of December. <laughs> we will hopefully be having them on. It's scheduled. We all set our dates, but, you know, life happens. So yeah. hopefully... Um, that will fall into place. Uh, Steady Geek in Reality Bomb Comicast, not up for debate. If you are an independent filmmaker, filmmaker, DP, gaffer, actor, sound person, sound person, hairdresser, makeup artist, effects, whatever you do in the movies and the entertainment web design-ish stuff, headshots, yeah, web series, yep. still entertainment, yep. still entertainment, uh, reach out to us. And, and show say, us, show us the work, and say, "Hey, yeah, yeah, say that, go like this, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, everyone didn't, uh, you know, crowd into a room a couple of days ago and have an irresponsible <laughs> Thanksgiving. Although we know some people have, mm-hmm. um, the holidays are upon us. It's well, officially we're, here. We're lucky in that we're antisocial, so we don't even have to make up excuses to not go anywhere. Yeah, I'm antisocial, and I have we we. We're not really. It's probably what we would have done anyway. This is what we do yeah. on things. This we're like, oh, you can't. Sometimes see your we'll have a person or two over, but then that's about it. Listen, um, realistically, this is a, a horrible holiday. It's essentially the celebration of genocide. I mean, if if we're being real here, so if I'm honest, being honest. So I enjoy the autumn, mm-hmm. but I don't put like pilgrims. Yeah, and turkeys on shit. I mean, that's the thing. It's is like, it's it's become what? just a celebration of hanging out with your friends and family and that's great time and you want to even put a holiday around it that's great too but i think it this isn't just me and i don't want to sound like some libtard or whatever but (laughs) it's like uh some liberal snowflake but i i feel like let's just make the holiday about that and not tie it to but it always will look look, no one's no one's canceling thanksgiving that's never gonna happen look how long it took for us to get the confederate statues down i mean I, i don't and i don't think we should cancel thanksgiving but i think pulling it away from the 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 origins of it, you know, and that's never going to happen. I mean, I think, and just celebrating well, think, your friends I and family. I think that is the problem: is that we've done that. That's essentially what's happened. We have yeah, we I have detached so. from the origins of it and turned it into some like happy, wonderful holiday that's all about giving thanks, which is the precursor to one of the most selfish days yeah. in U.S. shopping yeah. history. Uh, so it's, it's all just a mess. ironic. It's just a mess, and so that's the problem: is that we have detached from what this 
day really is I do like the Black about. Fridays, like how they're extending sales and starting early, and you don't have to like crowd. Into I mean, they a started place. doing that before this pandemic, and they, you know, because yeah, like they realized how ridiculous it all was. But just having like a week long sale or having a sale one day, but you can go online and get your shit and like all this. Yeah, stuff. I, I, I don't. I, I didn't. Just, I didn't do that those, before none of those, a pandemic. Like, like you go to like Home Depot or Best Buy was probably the worst and Walmart probably even worse. They have deals just for Black Friday and they're just lesser it's quality garbage. stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know. So it's not – and I think, you know, shoppers came uh, came hip to that fact. I don't know. They'd still go. It's well, just, like if, some for sure, but I feel like it's just – If you let people hoard in there, they would do it. Yeah. They'd still, they'd still be ripping each other's throats out for a $9 toaster. Yeah. They'd still do that. But I think we bought a TV once on Black Friday, but and we still have it. At the end it. of the day, we yeah, went it at, like, at like four o'clock. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, I'm not dealing with. It. And by then, it wasn't even like the crowd. It was were- just like a little bit of a sale. It wasn't because any 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 time a manufacturer or a company or business can give em. you a great deal, you tell it's em. not going to end up being a great deal in the long run. No, chances are it's always it's yeah. There's no such thing as a, a 700 inch screen TV for ninety nine dollars. Yeah, just so you know. Um, but hey, some and some people that's their only way in, and that's fine too. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. But it just the the violence behind that is just obscene to me. And yeah. this day, look, I make the turkey and I do the whole thing, but I don't go out of my way to like like look. We're antisocial and we have no loyalty to our family. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a perfect combination for us to just stay home. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't understand the whole like. You know, the the internal dread that people have around holidays when they're like, I have to go to my family's house. I'm like, you look real happy about that. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Just you're an adult, right? There's enough things you have to do in your life that you don't want to do, yeah. i.e., you know, showering. If I don't want to be no, around. No, we always want to shower. <laughs> showering is our friend. But like going um, to work and stuff. And it's like, why would I, why? But I put stuff on me that I don't want to do when I don't have to. If I dread being around you, I'm just not gonna. Yeah. That's how that works. I don't care yeah. about our relation. Yeah. So where are you going today anyway? <laughs> <laughs> where are you going? Because you ain't, you ain't got no food. You can't yeah. cook anything that's in that fridge right now. Mm-mm. No, sir. He'll just eat a peanut butter sandwich. He doesn't care. Peanut butter sandwich and cereal for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough ranting. Yep. We'll talk to you next week when we have our guests watch the documentary so you know what's going on. Yes, sir. Bye.